Look at my butt. Show number 233 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Well, listeners, here we are in our um, survival bunker. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And we have cleared our mind of all negative thoughts. We are totally focused on William Shatner and Star Trek. And, of course, you. You, the listeners. So it's 2017. We all hope we're going to make it through this year. (laughs) This Um, week. This week. (laughs) This this day. Every day. Um, so we're just going to, we're, we're focusing on fun stuff for now because otherwise, you know, it's just far too depressing. Yes. So we do have fun stuff. And one of them, the fun stuff is apparently Bill wants us all to come to Montreal. <laughs> you know, if Bill was actually in Montreal, like welcoming people. Mm-hmm. Shaking their hands totally, as they get off the plane. Hands, <laughs> I would totally do that. That would be great. Um, this is an ad that he did for the Montreal Tourism Board, mm-hmm. and it's him saying that Montreal is celebrating its 375th birthday. Wow. And so people should come and have loads of fun. And he says the party's going to last all year long. Um, and in typical Canadian fashion, after he's saying it's going to be loud, he says, sorry. <laughs> um, or sorry, but he doesn't say it like that. Oh, well, I say it like that because Minnesotan is <laughs> close to Canadian. Uh, and so, yeah, he just goes on to talk about how much fun there's going to be, that there's, you know, so much stuff in Montreal, which is all absolutely true, mm-hmm. food and activities and nightlife and things like that. Um, so the the mo- the hilarious part about it was he says yeah you know you're, it's going to make you sing and dance and it's a shot of him from the waist up mm-hmm. and he's pretending to tap dance oh god like he's just moving like he's tap dancing uh-huh. and then and then laid over it is a sound effect of tap dancing <laughs> and little words that appear next to him that go tap 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 <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty darn good does he speak French in it. He does not speak French oh, in it, okay. but it's a really good ad, and he looks good, and he's very enthusiastic. He's he's in like I'm an excited I'm excited to shill about this mode, and not they paid me a lot of money to shill about this. Okay, so it's really good, and the um, hilarious part about it is that the guy. Uh, they quoted someone in this article that you had linked mm-hmm. to. Um, this man is the managing director of travel services for AAA National in Florida. Said many Canadians plan to travel in Canada this year. Um, they're going to... Because they aren't coming can, to the U.S. They're not coming <laughs> to the U.S. But the guy that they're quoting, this director of mm-hmm. travel services, his name is Brian Schilling. Oh. <laughs> it really is. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's great. So we will put in a link to that because you should all watch it. It's about 30 seconds long and it's very, very good. Yeah. Have you ever been to Montreal? I have. um, I've been to Quebec a long time ago and only for like a day. Oh, I would love to go. I have friends who have gone recently and they Mm -hmm. said it's fantastic. Yeah. As they say, it's like America without the guns. Yeah. and yeah, people do speak French, but it's it's you know people are just really nice and mm-hmm. the food's really good. And well, I've been to to Canada. I've been to you know the Stratford Festival and to Toronto, mm-hmm. but that's you know like the extent of it. I've never made it to Montreal or Quebec. Yeah. So um, there is a um, near us. There's a place that has food trucks, mm-hmm. and one of the food trucks is a, a poutine food truck, which is you know the yes, fries with yes. all the stuff. And every time I see it, I'm like, is today going to be the day that I do this and give myself a heart attack and die? 
No, not today. But one day it will happen. Well, you know, on, here in Chicago on some menus, bar menus and stuff, you see poutine-like things, but they aren't called poutine. Mm-hmm. You know, they're called, you know, something fries, something you can't stop eating French fries, you know. Oh. But they don't use the word poutine. Yeah, well, this is a, an actual, it's Jack's Poutine Truck, and it looks really good. And I see people walking by with, you know, like the, the cardboard container that probably weighs 10 pounds mm-hmm. because of the cheese and all the other stuff that's on it. Um, so good. And do they all look really happy that they have they poutine? Do. Yeah. They do. They wow. Really do. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's see. So you linked to this lovely uh, photo of Star Trek sneakers. Absolutely. This has shown up several times on my Facebook wall. And uh, so I finally thought, well, we should we should talk about these. These are high top sneakers mm-hmm. by, um, well, I don't know who makes them, but the website is DealServe. And they are almost $60. I see that. Marked down from 112. Sure, like they ever cost 112. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, they're, they're, it says they're black, but they look like dark blue to me. Mm-hmm. They have little, you know, star icons on them, and then they have the, uh, the Star Trek chevron. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I don't wear high tops, but I want to ask, um, would you wear these, or do you know anyone who would wear these? Hmm. I don't think I would wear them, um, only because my experience with the high-top sneakers is that they're not super comfortable. Mm-hmm. The insides tend to have, like, zero support, mm. and I think my feet would hurt for about five minutes after Ooh, wearing them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and this ad is a big fail, because aside from the Star Trek picture, the shoes, and the... Uh, that it says Star Trek on it, they did not make any effort on this description to incorporate, you know, boldy, boldly go, <laughs> or, you know, it's made of special space age material or, yeah. you know, anything like that. So it's like, really? Yeah. It's, they're no think geek. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I suspect that these are completely unlicensed. Um, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. So somebody just made them and they put them up there. But they're cute. I like yeah. the way they look. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're, they're, they're much better than a lot of the other Star Trek sneakers that I've seen. Oh, you've seen other ones? Yeah. There have been, I mean, people make them on Etsy and, and oh, I've seen yeah, them yeah. in some other places. And they're just, like, they're too cluttered. I like that these are, are very simplistic. Mm-hmm. They just, they have the chevron, they've got some stars, and they look kind of cool. Okay. All right. I like those. So let's see. One tiny little bit of Bill News. Mm. Um, first of all, I'm going to preface this by saying about two days ago on the, the Shatner Facebook group, I said, um, we haven't heard much about what Bill's doing right now. Does anybody know what's going on with him you know what are his activities and somebody said Mm -hmm. go to twitter and i said on twitter all he does is you know tweet about tv shows that i don't watch and we just have not been hearing and bill's doing this and this is coming up and nobody was helpful so then this just kind of showed up which is that bill has confirmed on twitter which i had Mm -hmm. you know thrown a little shade on that he has recorded a voice part for my little pony (laughs) friendship is magic season seven Oh, boy. I wonder if it's going to be a Star Trek reference or what, given that the stuff that they put into the comic books. It has to be. I mean, after that, are are you here for the festival thing? (laughs) It has to be. Oh, I hope. I don't know. Maybe it'll be more subtle. Maybe they'll make him the captain of, like, an actual ship, you know, like a a boat or something. Uh Uh-huh. 
Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, so, you know, we'll have to keep up with that. Oh, absolutely. That's great. He's been spending an awful lot of time on Twitter arguing with people lately. Yes, and that that was another thing, yeah. Um, he he gets involved in, I don't know why he chooses to do this. It's like, Bill, you could be spending your time doing other things. But um, he's involved with some, some friends of his actors mm-hmm. um and and of course their crazy fans insist that they're having a relationship in real life um and they're not mm-hmm. but but they're um the fans are, are are you know very mean to other people who say no they're not actually having a relationship and they insist that they're right and they yell at people and call names <laughs> and they do that and, and when bill says to them no look i'm friends with this guy and he he has a girlfriend it's not the woman on the show mm-hmm. and they they send him abusive messages <laughs> and tell him well. he's wrong he is in a relationship <laughs> It's it's just uh, so it's like Bill. Why? Why are you arguing with these people on the internet? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I gotta say, I was um, really happy a few days ago when I was having a fight with sort of an alpha monkey <laughs> on Facebook because I I needed to vent mm-hmm. and you know to because um I don't know how this happened but something this clown had posted ended up on my wall. Somebody must have shared it. Mm-hmm. And it was something mm-hmm. so stupid. So I had to write back and point out the things that were wrong. And he's like, who are you? And why are you posting your ridiculous opinion on my, and then all caps, my page? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And, and, you know, I said, well, first of all, it showed up on my wall. And secondly, if you don't like people replying who you don't know, and then I went to all caps. Learn about privacy settings. <laughs> exactly. But the great thing is a, a, a friend of mine who is sort of an uncle by marriage um, and, you know, is very liberal just like me and everything. He posted to the guy, too, after he saw me going after him. Good. <laughs> so I thought, all right, high five. So, yeah, you know, sometimes you need to, to fight with strangers when, they're, when it cannot possibly turn to physical violence. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I will. I'll make a controversial statement right now okay. and say that um, I'm pretty much in favor of punching Nazis. Oh, me too. Me Let me too. just say that. You know, <laughs> legally, sure, you'll probably go to jail for assault, and that's a risk that you have to take. But, you know, morally, punching Nazis is, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm done all right with that. Well, I really am. I'm going, where are the, the sci-fi stories where... Somebody, you know, goes back in time to kill, you know, Cheeto. So, mm-hmm. oh, well, off off of the politics, back on the fun stuff. Get on the fun stuff. Well, here's a fun thing. Okay. Um, so there was a cruise. We had talked about potentially yes. going on yes. this cruise once upon a time, and I'm really glad we didn't. Me too. Uh, because Bill was there for two things, and it seemed like two things only. Uh, he opened up the things on the first day, and then he did a thing on the fourth day. And he also did something on the fifth day. Oh, did he really? Yeah, but I can't remember what it was. Well, it looks like the fourth day was the day that he did a, his biggest sort of uh, public appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, he surprised the crowd during his poolside session. So that's what yep, he did. Yep. He was standing near the pool and he was talking and it was just his usual standing there just blathering about mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he decided to interview his grandchildren. Yes, I saw this. <laughs> and have them interview him. Um, and he said to the crowd, there's something in our genes. They've never been on stage before. And I, I like this quote. Um, Shatner's granddaughter informed her grandpa that she likes the new Star Trek films with the cute guy referring to Chris Pine. And what did Bill have to say? <laughs> (laughs) to that i was the cute guy 
I love that. I love oh, that. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you were. You weren't just the cute guy. You were the charming hotness guy. Oh, you were so far beyond cute guy. Oh. Not just the cute guy. Yeah. It's true. But, um, yeah, so Bill didn't do a whole lot of other stuff mm-hmm. beside that. So, you know, I feel like the people who... Um, signed up hoping to spend some time with him. I don't know if they actually got to. Like, it doesn't say what he was doing the rest of the time. Well, I think, you know, he had said earlier that there was like a part of the ship reserved for him and his family. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think he was just hanging out with them and having a good time. But, um, yeah, it sounds like it was very much a five-day convention. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't take that. No, no, definitely And there was stuff going on all the time star trek games and and um you know there were tons of star trek celebrities there doing shows and q and a's mm-hmm. and you know everything else so you know if you're totally into the whole everything about star trek and could you know enjoy this running from thing to thing for five days mm-hmm. it was probably great but i i would have gone insane yeah i i agree yeah. it would have been too much especially on a boat where you kind of can't get away from it that's just it when we're at a con if we look at the you know the afternoon stuff and we go we don't like any of this let's you know do something else and we can go places mm-hmm. you, you're stuck on that boat you are stuck on the boat yeah so. But it looked like everybody had a good time. Um, mm-hmm. All the pictures that were posted on StarTrek.com, everybody was laughing and smiling. Yep. And people were doing their costumes. You know, there were lots of, as you said, games and, and other things that you could attend. So it looked like the people who went had a good time. And the weather was good, which is nice. You yes, know, yes. You never want to be on one of those ships when it's crappy and you can't actually go outside of the mm-hmm. cabins. Too claustrophobic. Yep. 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 Um, So I wanted to briefly mention, this was just popping up on uh, StarTrek.com, that um, the artist Jenny Parks, who is famous for doing her cats, Mm -hmm. um, different TV characters as cats, and we've talked about her Star Trek cats before, uh, there are a couple of books coming out that have her Star Trek cats in them, and I believe they're going to be... out February 28th and you can pre-order them if you want to and they're just so good Mm -hmm, they are cats really look like the people and I was particularly taken with the image that they used on Uh StarTrek.com for this particular article so um Pretty much everybody is there, but the way she's done Kirk sitting in his chair. <laughs> it is pretty good, yeah. It's pretty good. So, you know, Kirk, is a he's an orange tabby, and he's just sort of sitting, and he's leaning one arm on the chair, yep. and he's, he's just got this look on his face like, what? <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? Well, I'm also getting a, a big a kick out of, I'm assuming it's... Um, McCoy, because he's in blue shirt mm-hmm. and he's not Spock, um, doing sort of a downward dog <laughs> thing on the bridge. <laughs> he is. He's giving a big old stretch down there. Yeah, pretty good. Yep. Oh, it's very funny. I love her cats. So I just had to mention that. So sure. if you like Star Trek cats and you've seen her art, this is a, a very nice that, you know, she's doing it as a book and it's apparently licensed by Paramount. Wow. So you can buy it and not go to jail for it. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, get out there, you know, kitty people, and support Star Trek cats. Yeah, definitely. Now, speaking of going to jail, um, <laughs> okay, here's the update on Axanar. Yes. Nobody went to jail. Nobody That's the went spoiler. to jail, and no Trekkies get to sneak in and be on the jury or anything. That's right. So as we thought might happen, there was a settlement, yes. you know, days before it went to trial, because that's usually the way things happen. Especially when there's big bucks at stake. 
very, very large box. So they settled, and the uh, short version is that Peters, Alec Peters, admitted overreaching in producing these things. Um, he said that the films were not approved by Paramount and that both works crossed boundaries acceptable to CBS and Paramount relating to copyright law. So all the things he was saying before about, yeah, it, we're allowed to do it, and yeah, it's fair just use, fair use, yeah. and all that. No, 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 no. He had to agree. Mm-hmm. And um, because it was a settlement, you know, they're not allowed to talk about what the actual terms were. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they had to pay money to Paramount is a question. Probably, yes, there might have been some damages or something that was assessed, but um, we probably will never know what that is. Unless he starts a GoFundMe for it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he'd be allowed to say that that's what it's for. No, no. Yeah, yeah. all um, So, interestingly, um, during the time that this whole thing happened, we had talked about the fact that Paramount had put together a set of guidelines mm-hmm. for fan films. Now, the guidelines, they're called guidelines. They're not called rules or laws or contractually obligated anything. They're just guidelines. But he agreed that whatever kind of media he produces would comply with the guidelines. Wow. So, th- yeah, so that's pretty interesting. And as we noted, that the guidelines had pretty draconian mentor- uh, measures implanted in them, like not being able to use professionals, um, not being able to use people who had done anything in any way for any kind of Star Trek production. Mm-hmm. So it looks like, according to the terms of the agreement, um, he got some uh, exclusions for that. Um, so the settlement allows them to employ some of the actors who have done other Star Trek things or mm-hmm. who have done professional things before. So especially J.G. Um, Hertzler, who's been a Klingon in, in Martok. Mm-hmm. He's been that character several times. Um, but they are allowed to be in, so that was one of the things that they, they hammered out. Not clear if Robert Meyer Burnett is going to continue to work on it because obviously he's been involved in a lot of Star oh, Trek yeah. stuff. Um, so um, they're going to keep... The Prelude to Axanar little short film available on YouTube, commercial free. Mm -hmm. It can be exhibited at fan conventions, but it cannot ever be shown at official Star Trek conventions. It's like, that's okay. That's a little weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, But whatever. Um, And there are a lot of other questions about what's going to happen. So, you know, the the studio is the big one. Yeah. um, he built this studio, uh-huh. and it's just kind of sitting there. He wasn't allowed to be using it during the course of the ongoing legal proceedings. So it doesn't say whether he has to sell it or what, or, um, you know, is he allowed to rent it now? It, is he allowed yeah. to use it for making his fan films? I, it doesn't say, and we're going to have to see what happens. Well, getting back to the he can't show it at official Star Trek conventions, mm-hmm. there are very few of those anymore. Mm-hmm. There's science guess, fiction conventions. There's all these other things that Star Trek people appear at. Yeah, I guess Creation Con might count. I, well, I the thing is, the last time Creation Con, as far as I know, Okay, this past year, they've had a lot, a number of Star Trek mm. conventions because it was 50th anniversary. Yeah, but yeah. But prior to that, it was a science fiction convention for many yeah. years. Yeah, that's true. So maybe. So it would obviously be okay if it was at, like, Shore Leave, for right, example. Right, because that is a fan-run con. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that has yet to shake out from all this. Mm-hmm. But the big news is that they settled. And... Um, 
I'm sure more and interesting information will continue to come to light about this. It, it also, you know, if he got some exemptions from the fan film guidelines, what does that mean for other fan films? Like, are they going to negotiate with Paramount now when they want to yeah. do a thing to say, well, you let him have these people, so why can't we have these people? Uh, how strict is Paramount going to be yes. with, with future stuff? You know, are they going to be quick to sue people or are they going to try to work it out with each and every fan film that happens? And are they going to let people uh, leave up the things that they've already created? Well, I would think they, in my opinion, which is not a legal opinion, it's just me, but I would think they can simply because there were no guidelines when they made those and posted those. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and Paramount did not come after them then. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. But, I, you know, I don't watch the, the fan films because the amateur acting is too much for me. Mm-hmm. But um, it would be interesting to know how other people who are producing and writing and directing these fan films, what their plans are now. And yeah. are they waiting for, okay, who's going to? <laughs> take the first step, you know, do something and put it out there and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it's that the fair use question again, yes. too, right? Like, so this case basically said what they were doing with Axonar was not fair use. Mm-hmm. But there's no definition of what it is. Yeah. And are they going to start making more decisions? Like, are they going to go back and look at all the other fan films and go, yes, this is fair use, and no, this is not fair use? I don't know. Or is it just going to be whatever they feel threatens their profitability from the Star Trek franchise? Oh, I don't know. Right. And I think they Paramount would not be smart to say this is fair use and this is not, because um, then they're defining fair use. Mm-hmm. And so I th- if they're smart, and they usually are not when it comes to Star Trek, they will just let those things stay and ignore them. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as other things that come along, I don't know. I think they would try very hard <laughs> to not let the fair use question come into their objections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I mean... I think they're they're relying Paramount is relying in large part on um, the threat of lawsuits to keep people in line, right? Right. Like like you don't want this to happen to you, right? <laughs> That's a nice film you've got there. Yeah, shame, sure shame. if something were to happen to it. So yeah, if they that. got Fat Tony from The Simpsons to uh, enforce it, <laughs> really. So um, I would I would really love it if somebody would write uh, a, a more not me because I'm not a journalist but um, if some journalist could get out there and mm-hmm. write a follow up to all this that actually goes and talks to all the fan film people yes even you know even if they didn't want to be quoted by name if they wanted to speak anonymously mm-hmm. and say okay what are you going to do now we'd we'd really like to know yeah yeah that'd be good. Um, well, one more thing before we take our break. Speaking of official Star Trek, there's a trailer for Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Which just came out, which is short, but it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say, the one thing about it that I didn't like were the costumes. <laughs> oh, see, I haven't looked at it yet. I've been so involved in other things. So tell me about these costumes and why they're objectionable. Well, okay. So they're blue. <laughs> I assume that means that everybody's going to have blue. So remember on Enterprise, everybody had blue uniforms. Like they all had jumpsuits, essentially. 
so they were not distinguished by uh, division. Mm -hmm. They had colored stripes on their jumpsuits to to say what they were. So Archer had gold, Mm -hmm. like a gold stripe, and then engineering had the red stripe. So that was how you could tell the difference. This uniform looks like it's completely blue and it has sort of some gold trim on it if you click through that link that that i uh, sent you well um, i'm afraid it will start making noise okay (laughs) all right don't worry about it um so it's it's blue it has a kind of a high collar Mm -hmm. so it's not a v-neck like the tos uniforms it's more buttoned up than that Mm -hmm. and it's got some gold on it but the the um chevron is there Mm -hmm. on the left breast as it should be it looks a little um, like metallic, not like a patch that's sewn on it. Mm-hmm. And the one that they're showing in the trailer is the engineering one. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. What does that mean? So someone's wearing a blue uniform, but they have an engineering symbol. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming that that means that everybody's wearing blue because otherwise they would be wearing red. Um, did they give any hints of what the incident is that kicks this off? The one uh, that's part of canon that we all know about, but they won't tell no, us. They do. No, no, no. It's, it's the, the trailer is all about the, the look. So mm-hmm. they show um, a little bit of uh, Klingon outfit, which looks more like TNG Klingon than it does like TOS Klingon, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. There's some ship shots, which are very nice. There's this very quick shot of the uniform. And that's pretty much it. There's no plot stuff that's given away. The first half of the... the um, clip is actually like here's here's what Star Trek was and it's all these photos from TOS mm-hmm. showing like here's how everything got started and it opens with you know uh, hands on a typewriter typing out Star Trek here's mm-hmm. what Gene Roddenberry did in 1964 so it's it's good you know but it's there's not much to go on I'll okay okay I'll have to watch it when we're done yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I do. You know, go ahead. It's cool. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's getting closer. We might actually get to see it one day. Well, they keep pushing <laughs> it back and pushing it back. And I know. Have they actually started filming anything? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Well, one more short thing, and then we'll take our break. I, um, Turned on the TV last night, you know, looking for something fun. And lo and behold, there was Star Trek. Yay, I love Star Trek. I do, too. And they were showing quite a few episodes in a row. But before I forget, this was on BBC. So it was also on Heroes and Icons. And I was like, how can this be that Star Trek Mm. TOS is on two different channels? This is amazing. What shall I do? Um, BBC, this weekend... For those who don't know, here in the good old U.S. of A is our biggest holiday of the year, Super Bowl. <laughs> and for those of us who don't follow football football or the Super Bowl or anything, the tradition has been either go to a movie or watch the Puppy Bowl, which mm-hmm. both activities I enjoy, and I adore the Puppy Bowl. Oh, me too. Well, now yeah. we have another option. BBC is having a Star Trek marathon on Sunday. Oh, wow. And they said it starts at noon, and I don't know if that's... Eastern time, Greenwich Mean Time, whatever, you know, but so you have another option. I will post something about that on Facebook because I don't think we're going to, you know, get this show up tonight. (laughs) But anyway, so I turned it on and it was Balance of Terror, the episode where um, it's like submarines. (laughs) And that's what I was thinking of, thinking Uh of it as is, oh, it's a submarine episode, you know, where Mark Leonard is the captain of the Romulan ship and Kirk is captain of his ship and there's Kirk light all over the place and Mm -hmm. Rand is so annoying. These are all things we have talked about. Mm -hmm. But I noticed one thing when I was, you know, watching Kirk light. As we all know, 
or you and I know at least, there is an episode, and I've never been able to figure out which one it was, that um, Monday morning when they were to start filming, Bill showed up and had gotten a bee sting. Oh, yes. Over I the weekend. about that, yeah. And that, um, you know, they had to hide it with makeup and kind of restage some shots and everything. But in several, not all, because, you know, they film over the course of a week or more, in some of the Kirklight shots... It's hitting right under one eye different than it hits under the other. Oh, interesting. So, Hmm. you know, people who like researching stuff like this, you might want to take a look at it. You know, you'll enjoy the episode, if nothing else. (laughs) But also, if anybody knows what episode it is, because I've heard, I don't know, I've heard or read or something about, in certain shots, it's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen something that, like, jumped out at me and went, oh, of course, beasting, there it is, you know. (laughs) So, um... I just thought, if anybody has thoughts on that or has ideas on what episode they think it could be. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So, I, I'll, I'll have to look for that. I don't think I've ever noticed that before. But I, I will next time it's on, because I'm sure it will be on again. Oh, yes. Um, I will not mind sitting down mm-hmm. and watching it, because it is such a good episode. Well, and right after that, they showed Shore Leave with <gasps> the rippediest shirt ever. <laughs> And the fight that is so long, it goes on through a commercial break. <laughs> and I got to tell you, near the end of that fight, where they're like staggering and swinging at each other, and mm-hmm. oh, it's so funny. It just, it just kills me. But the other thing, if you can uh, tear your eyes off the rippedest shirt ever, is because you know they've been fighting and Kirk gets thrown around and everything. He's got dirt on the seat of his pants. Oh. oh my God! It's so glorious. There's a lot of of bending in that. Uh-huh. I remember there's a lot of bending over and sort of squatting to be in fight position. Yeah. And there's some really really good shots of his butt. Well, you know what else I was thinking? Um, he you know throws Finnegan a couple of times, mm-hmm. and a lot of that I don't know if it was at Vasquez Rocks, but it is taking place on rocky terrain, and I'm going whoever the stuntman or Finnegan, you know, who took those falls to slam that hard from high in the air onto a rock? That's pretty, I don't know. Hardcore? Hardcore, yes. It is. Well, it was a different time. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And people did get hurt when they did these things, but... um, Well, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's true. I, You know, my memory of that, having watched it not that long ago, is that it's them fighting a lot of the time. That's what I was thinking. I was going, okay, that's obviously Shatner there, and that's obviously the guy who played Finnegan. And, and there weren't, I wasn't seeing shots where I went, oh, yeah, obviously stunt doubles there. So Yeah, yeah, it's mostly them. And I mm-hmm. think I had read in the, the These Are the Voyages book that they, they worked it out. The two of them worked mm-hmm. out the, the fight sequences themselves mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Like they didn't have a fight coordinator who was like, you do this and you do this. They just were like, okay, let's let's figure out how to do it. So, yeah, it, it it's a great it's a great great sequence. Well, and if you've got to pad an episode for time, <laughs> there are a lot worse things you can do. <laughs> it's true, ripping shirts, getting sweaty and bloody and, and dirty. dirty. Oh and yeah, fighting. yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it every time. Yeah, and you know, Shatner, I think gives a really good performance. Um, you know, when Spock says, "Did you enjoy it, Captain?" He goes, "Yes, yes." Then he stops. He goes. I did enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the light starting to dawn. Yeah. It's true. But, you know, whenever I watch that episode, all I can think about is wrestling the tiger. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
every time I'm like, yep, there it is. And Bill wanted to wrestle until Kurt he was there. Wrestles the tiger. <laughs> no, Bill, we're not Bill, in. No. We're not insured for you to be killed by a wild animal on set. Bill. <laughs> oh my God, that's so Bill. That is like the most Bill story ever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just love it. I do too. All right. All right. Let's take a quick break. And then we have um, some more fun and interesting and um, uh, new things to discuss. Yes. Okay. Let's take a break. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. so much Star Trek still on television and I believe on the Heroes and Icons channel they're, they're, they still show them in a row so it's TOS, TNG, DS9 Voyager and Enterprise and um, because of the California time zone Voyager is on in my, my viewing time oh, when I'm ready to sit down and okay. watch and I've been watching more of it and I still don't really like a lot of it but there was one episode on recently that I loved for another reason the plot was stupid <laughs> but but the acting was really good and here's what happened so it was an episode where um the doctor the holographic doctor right. and Harry Kim and Seven of Nine are in a little ship and they get captured by some rebels or something I forget and um they are trying to escape and they're not being tortured or anything. It's just they don't want to be there. They mm-hmm. want to get back to Voyager. So they, uh, be- before they get boarded by the, the rebels, I don't want to say bad guys because they're not bad guys, but before they get boarded, they, they make the doctor vanish, right? Because like, mm-hmm. he's a hologram, so he can go back into the computer system. And then secretly they download him into Seven's um, cybernetic attachments. Oh! So <laughs> yeah. You know, so he's, he's in as, her as operating As one does. System, okay. As one does. So, you know... Th- they just do that stuff. So so he's floating around in her consciousness somewhere. Okay. And, um, like, we as viewers don't know that until they reveal it a little bit later. And so they get on the rebel's good side by providing them some medical treatment via the doctor. So um, Jerry Ryan, who plays Seven, gets to be Robert Picardo being the doctor. All right. It was so good. Really? Oh, my God. Like... I hadn't realized how how little they give her to do as Seven, mm-hmm. you know, like, she's very beautiful and all that, and, you know, you, you wonder sometimes about people's acting ability, like, why did they hire her for this role? Was mm-hmm. because she has this incredible face and really, you know, a nice body, because clearly that was very important yeah. to the people who hired her for the role, and she does what she does as Seven really well, but they never really let her stretch until this episode when she is required to be, to to take on the acting of a different actor in the mm-hmm. show. She's wonderful. Wow. Oh my god. She's so funny and she captures his movements and his vocal inflections and his body language perfectly. Wow. Like I was just blown away by how good she was at doing that. 
And I was like, oh, my God, why didn't they give her more? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of stuff to do, you know? It's like she's so capable, and they gave her so little to work with. And just watching her do this thing through most of the episode was delightful. It was so good. Well, now you've got me wondering what is kind of, what, like, went on behind the scenes. Was she, like, you know, going, you've got to give me more to do. Write something decent for me. I can do more than, yeah. you know, stand here in a cat suit or you know, what was what was the impetus for doing that? I don't know. But wh- whosever idea it was, it was great. You know, like yeah. I said, the rest of the episode was kind of doofy, like whatever. You mm-hmm. know, it was nice that the bad guys weren't really bad. They were just rebels with some way of doing a thing that they didn't want to do and whatever. But, but she just made that whole episode and it was definitely the best Voyager episode that I've seen. I wish I could remember the name of it. I forgot to look it up because it just came to me now that yeah, I wanted to talk yeah. about how good she was. But wow, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, if you would like to see her do something great and watch a Voyager episode in which she's wonderful, that's mm-hmm. the one. Okay. So moving on, I wanted to talk about another Star Trek comic book. I've been slowly working my way through these New Visions comics. Uh-huh. So to remind our listeners, these are the ones that John Byrne does where he takes uh, clip art, <laughs> essentially, yeah. of Star Trek, and he rearranges it to make new stories. And, you know, it's more or less successful depending on what storyline. This one, um, the photoshopping was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. The, the the premise of it is just ridiculous. So uh, let's see if I can explain this. So it's it's a story about Harry Mudd. You remember Harry Mudd? Yes, of course. He was in course. two different Star Trek episodes. Yes, we love him. Um, and in this story, he finds a way off the planet of the androids. And he is rescued by uh, Captain Ronald Tracy, who oh, was yes. the captain from the Omega Glory. Yes. And played by the same guy who played Van Gelder in the, um, uh, I can never remember the name of the episode, the Helen Noel episode. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> What's it called? What are hot women made out of? Um, <laughs> no, it's not that one. I know what you mean. Uh, anyway. It's the so, Helen yeah, Noel episode. <laughs> it's the Helen Noel episode. So anyway, so he was in that and he was Ronald Tracy. And at the end of that episode, uh, Kirk didn't kill him, but they took him away to be court-martialed or whatever. So in this story, he's... Uh, he's a free man, but he's been drummed out of Starfleet. And of course, he's bent on getting revenge against Kirk and Starfleet. So he finds Harry Mudd, and through this alien technology, he's able to um, change his appearance. Change so, Mudd's? Yeah. Mudd changes so ha- his own appearance? Yes. Okay. So All Harry, right. Mudd, <laughs> Harry Mudd becomes Kirk. Like, it's like. It's not a clone of Kirk, but this thing changes his physical appearance. So now he looks like Kirk. And so uh, he uses that to get into various things in Starfleet. He's going to sabotage. He's going to perform sabotage on various (laughs) communications. And it turns out that that, um, former Captain Tracy is working in league with the Klingons to bring down Starfleet. Okay. But pretty early on in the story, uh, the Enterprise picks him up and they find out what's going on and they manage to have him double cross Captain Tracy and it all works out in the end. Uh, we get a, a cameo from uh, Captain Koloth, which was very nice. Okay. And um, in the end, they're not able to change Harry Mudd back to Harry Mudd shape. So he ends up still looking as Kirk, but dressed in Harry Mudd clothes. And those are the little screen caps that I sent you. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so the little screen caps you sent me, those are of mud? Yes. 
did they did they give him a deliberately fake mustache? <laughs> yes. He didn't grow it. They just gave him a fake mustache. Oh, my God. <laughs> but look at it. I know. <laughs> See, I thought, you know, just looking at it, I thought, okay, for some reason, Kirk is trying to disguise himself as Harry Mudd. No. And it's like, you know, the ship's costumer did kind of a good job, but no. the ship's casting director really fucked up. <laughs> So, yep. So they took Kirk and they dressed him up in Harry Mud clothes and they gave him a big, stupid, fake Frito Bandito mustache. <laughs> and they let him go. Bye. <laughs> but you know what's really funny? So there's two. I'm going to post these screen caps, by the way, so everyone can see them. But the one where where he's putting on a hat. Yes. I know exactly what that screen cap is from. Okay, tell me. It's. In Trouble with Tribbles, mm -hmm. where Bones says to Kirk, what do you get if you feed a Tribble too much? Mm -hmm. And Kirk makes that face right there, and he goes, a fat Tribble? <laughs> <laughs> but he's sort of, he's like knitting his brows together yes. a little bit, and he's sticking his lower lip out just a little bit. He's got like a really overblown, I'm confused expression mm -hmm. on his face, a little bit truculent, you know, sort of angry at the same time. I, I like as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I know where he took that from." Wow. Yep. Um, speaking of trouble with tribbles, mm -hmm. I saw something at the store today. It was some hair thickening treatment or whatever, <laughs> and yes. right on in its name, you know, was whatever the product name is, like Equinox, uh -huh. and it had tri wheat. <gasps> Oh, really? And I thought, you know, throw in a little more wheat and we've got quadro triticale. We do. It's true. Yeah. Wow. Well, the Tribbles sort of, there are a couple of backup stories in this issue that one of them has to do with Tribbles, but um, whatever. Um, so this is called Star Trek New Visions Number 4, Made Out of Mud. <laughs> well, I'm giving them huge points for creativity and silliness. It's it's a very silly story, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I have to say that the way he's written the dialogue, he actually does capture the flavor of the way Harry Mudd talks pretty well. Oh, good. So I was sort of impressed with that. So when the two Kirks are in the same room, mm -hmm. you, you can easily tell who's who just by the way they're talking, which is good. Oh, wow. Oh, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was interesting. So, you know, these continue to be... Like, just weird and baffling, but also fun in mm -hmm. a way. And, and, you know, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't work so well. And he just continues to make them. So this was number four that I was reading. And, my gosh, they're up to number 12 oh, by wow. now. Okay. He just okay. keeps putting them out, you know, All like right. no, no lack of um, ideas for what those stories should be. Good for him. Yeah. Now, um, speaking of Harry Mudd. Mm-hmm. I cannot t tell because my brain is like, it's it's destroying itself or something. But anyway, um, if I actually wrote this in a story, if it was just in my head, so I'm hoping you can maybe remember, <laughs> I did have Harry Mudd either make a very brief appearance or get mentioned or something in one of the branch stories. Mm -hmm. And Kirk was like, you know, shocked that he had gotten away from the uh, the planet of the androids. Well, he was in an animated episode. No, I'm talking about one of my stories. Uh, okay. And um, and Brant says something like, well, who do you think got him off that planet? 
and Kirk is, you know, double shocked. You know, he goes, "What special ops?" She goes, "He's very valuable." But I cannot remember if I wrote that, or if it just was a scene that ran through my head. I don't think I actually wrote it. I don't remember that. I think it's just in my head. Oh, I'll have to Google it later. <laughs> Anyway, now, let, let's talk about this article because I really like this article. Oh, okay. The, the, the fun false facts. Yeah. Now, the first thing I have to say, this is at a, a, a media outlet called Grunge. Thank you very much. Yes. And it's titled, False Facts About Star Trek You Always Thought Were True. Why did they choose this picture? Wrong clickbait. Wrong. 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 I, and they didn't follow the rule. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, you got to put... Kirk up I mean real Kirk up there yeah and granted there are many many pictures of him throughout the rest of this Mm -hmm. um some really good ones and one one really nice one of Bill actually I like the way Bill looks with his vest on during Mm -hmm. his show his one-man show but yeah I mean come on why are you gonna put Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto up there because none of the the movies were referenced right in this article at all well you know <laughs> when I first saw this I had the same reaction you just did about you know wrong picture wrong wrong head or whatever mm-hmm. but I was thinking you know for all that they've pushed these new movies and everything first of all I'm not aware of any fandom building up around it I mean like what what you and I consider mm-hmm. a fandom but secondly the the clickbait is still either Kirk or Picard, and it's much more Kirk. I mean, real Kirk. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys aren't aren't the, the they aren't clickbait. Sorry, they aren't. They they really aren't. I mean, I, I think the only time that that it works for them as clickbait is when it's news about um, another movie, yes, right? Like yes. people want to know is there going to be another movie? But as far as just clickbait about Star Trek in general, nah, it doesn't work. Right. So let's see how many of these you and I know are false. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first one is, Kirk said, beam me up, Scotty, in the show. And we all know he didn't. He never did. Right. And, uh, but it, it's a tagline that, uh, you know, they kind of got stuck with. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe he did say, beam me up, Scotchy, that, at one point. <laughs> or maybe Welshy. Welshy. Yeah, maybe he had Welshy beam me up. <laughs> okay, this next one. Give me a break. <laughs> the head headline is Kirk was a huge ladies man. Uh yeah. And even um Captain Cisco knows it. Remember in Trial and Tribulations? Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to say us um that this is not true. He says, this misconception about Kirk is so fixed that it was played up by J.J. Abrams' directed reboot. That's like... No. No. First of all, J.J. Abrams' idea of being a ladies' room is ladies man is so juvenile. Yes. You know, that it's, it's, it's not even... You know, it has nothing to do with how, how Kirk was with, with women. But... um. They're saying this was, wasn't a major part of Captain Kirk's original character. Okay, all right, maybe it wasn't in the original, you know, character, whatever you call it, breakdown. But it sure became that. I think they're confusing a couple of things here. Um, this is what it seems to me. So, um, uh, hold on, I have to read the thing. Um, there were times that he flirted with women to get vital information about the mission at hand. True. 
Yes. Uh, Kirk rarely slept with any of the women he flirted with. Well, he didn't have a chance, I think, was the main thing. Well, and it was uh, 1968, yeah. 69 television. Yeah. Then the next line says, when women under his command did try to throw themselves at him, Kirk rebuffed them. So these are two very, very different concepts. Mm-hmm. You can totally say that Kirk was a ladies' man and that, yes, he obviously loved women and was attracted to women and wanted to sleep with women as often as he could. But he didn't extend that to his crew because that was a totally different area. Yes. So you can have both of those things be true at the same time. Yes. He didn't show any interest in Ahura. He didn't show any interest in the other women who worked on the bridge because they were his crew. Right. But he was still very interested in other women who Mm -hmm. were not part of his crew who were available. Yes. So I don't, like, the person who wrote this doesn't seem to be able to understand that those things can both be true. Um, But here's the the even weirder sentence in this. I want you to explain this to me. And as Larry Womack, whoever he is, points out, one weird episode, I don't remember this episode, Involved an alien probe meant to discover the woman who is, quote, foremost in his thoughts, and it uncovered Uhura. Is that an animated episode? Um, that, that's not, not sure. TOS. Hold on a minute. There's a link here. I'm going to click it real quick. Okay. Real quick. Uh, hold, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Well, when you click through to that link, um, it doesn't actually tell you. Hmm. Uh, huh? Uh, uh. This is a very long article, and it's at the Huffington Post. Okay. And um, I'm not finding it immediately. I mean, that, what that, are they? I don't know. When, is it Nomad? Is it like maybe maybe when Nomad is, is scanning his mind after it, you know, um, wipes her memory or something? But it, um, no, it was, it was in, according to this, it involved an alien probe meant, meant to discover the woman who is foremost in his thoughts. Now, wouldn't that mean that it was probing his thoughts? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember I don't any alien probe with this mission. You know, find out who he's thinking about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what that means. I'll go read that long article afterwards and I'll, I'll okay. report back because that was just stupid. Yeah, okay. I don't agree with that. So, okay, we've settled that. All right. Good. We're right in there now. Um, Picard strictly obeyed the rules. No, everybody knows he didn't do that. I know. He broke the rules all the time. All the time. And besides, since it's not Kirk, who cares? That's right. Spock never showed emotions. We know this is not true. <laughs> what did you watch? Like five minutes of the show? I guess this is just taking, you know, uh, urban legends or, mm-hmm. or like they say, popular misconceptions that, that non-Trekkers would think about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek had the first interracial kiss on American TV. Now, um, I can't remember. What is his argument for why this is false? Well, I think, again, they're conflating two things. So there was a TV special on... Um, prior to this, which starred Nancy Sinatra. And um, there were cameos by Frank, of course, Mm -hmm. and Sammy Davis Jr. And at the end of the show, Sammy gave her a kiss on the cheek at the end of a scene. So they're counting that as the first interracial kiss on television. I would argue that that's a completely different category of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's like... That's like hand-holding, you know. Yeah, he gives her a kiss on the cheek, and it's two real people, and it's not scripted. It's not part of uh, 
a plot where characters have to interact. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. The series was always popular with fans and critics. Who believes that? I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, every, everybody I think knows about the letter writing. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think it had a lot more fans than NBC or whoever was aware of. Mm-hmm. But critics? No. No, not really. No. <laughs> okay. Gene Roddenberry was responsible for Next Generation's success. I would say it's the opposite. Yeah, and that's been coming out a lot more mm-hmm. over the years that, that there were so many things that he tried to block that the writers wanted to do, and it wasn't until he got sick and couldn't participate mm-hmm. anymore that they actually managed to do the things they wanted to do. Yeah. Wesley is a Mary Sue character. Um, that's true. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think he is kind of right from the beginning. It, it's interesting that they say here... Um, uh, Wesley serves as the perfect vessel through which the audience, <clears throat> excuse me, learns about the holodeck, Mr. Data, the Enterprise, and the characters themselves. So he was meant to be an audience audience surrogate figure, which again he can be an audience surrogate and be a Mary Sue at the same oh, time. Yeah. It's not like you have to choose between right, them. Right, right. Wow. Um, but to could sort of digress or go off on a side road for a second. Speaking of Mary Sue, have you seen the last episode of Sherlock? I haven't. Oh, um, okay. I really did not like the first one enough to, to, you know, like sit down and go, okay, two more hours of my life. I have mm-hmm. them recorded, but I haven't watched them oh, yet. Oh, okay. Um, when you have, if you decide to watch the very last one, there are only three in the mm-hmm. in this particular season, uh, we have to have a talk, <laughs> you and I, because they were doing something really horrible all the way through it, and it started back in the previous season, and at the end, I about puked. So anyway, okay, we'll we'll move on. Okay, can I just say one other thing about Sherlock, though? Okay, um, <laughs> just because it, it has again been part of my escape into, into mm-hmm. non-reality. Uh, there, there was a, a small group of core fans who were absolutely convinced that at the end of that third episode that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherlock and John Watson were going to kiss. Oh, yes, I read about this. And it was going to be canon that they ended up happy in a gay relationship. Obviously, that didn't happen right. because Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss have been saying, um, that's not going to happen because mm-hmm. that's just not the way we want to write it. Like, no right. offense, have your own head canon, but that's not our show. But in the fans' defense, they put in so much, I'll call it gay baiting. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That it, it, so, it wasn't unreasonable to think, wow, maybe are they really, really going to yeah, do this? You, you could think it. The subtext yes. was there. You could read it that way. That's totally fine. Um, so it didn't happen, and everybody got very upset over it. But the best part is that there is a smaller core group of these people who believe that there's a fourth secret episode oh, no. in, in which it does happen. <laughs> oh, is Dan that... Brown writing the novelization? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I don't know, but this is what they're saying, and I'm sort of following this from a distance online. Like, I'm not interacting with them. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm reading about people who are reporting on this, and um, it's it's very much like a doomsday cult. So they thought it was going to be on the week after, and that didn't happen. Then they thought it was going to be on the week after that, and that didn't happen. And now they just keep pushing it out and pushing it out and pushing it out and saying, no, there really is a fourth episode. It's going to be on one day. 
here's when we think it's going to be. It's absolutely positively going to happen. It has to happen because how could a series have been so full of plot holes and dead ends and weird characterizations and things that didn't make sense? Unless it was <laughs> like, gay? Well, unless, I mean, when I look at them, I'm like, have you watched Doctor Who? Like, <laughs> Do you know what Stephen Moffat does? He's constantly writing himself into alleys and then making shit up to get out of well, it. That's the way he writes. <laughs> I'll tell you when the secret episode is going to be shown, though. Tell me, please. Okay, right after the aliens come and pick them all up, these people, that's mm-hmm. what they're going to show on the ship. <gasps> it's the in-flight movie. Oh, you are so right. Wow. I- I'm going to go tell them. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for solving that. <laughs> I'm happy to help out. Anyway, so when that fourth episode drops in um, a month or seven years mm-hmm. or a hundred years from now, you heard it here first. Oh. It was meant to be. Okay. Alrighty. All right. Let's keep going now. Okay. Starfleet are the good guys. <laughs> oh, wait. You skipped one. Did I? Oh, yeah. Nobody uses money. Yeah. I have seen huge fan arguments over this. <laughs> have they not seen DS9? <laughs> <laughs> Guess not. But um, so what does this guy have to say? Uh, he says DS9, they're always doing things. But even in um, the original series, in fact, I had forgotten about this. In um, the the first Mud episode, Mud's Women, he offers to pay off some of the miners to settle a dispute. Mm-hmm. He, like, what is he paying them with? I don't know. Yes. Some kind of money, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that, that absolutely never made any sense anyway. Mm-hmm. And and in the Trouble with Tribbles, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're arguing over credits. Yes. That's how much Tribbles cost. Well, maybe credits, credits aren't money. I don't know. They're obviously, it's like credit cards aren't money, you know, they're they're just representations of your bank account. I don't know. It's, it's oh. still capitalism. It is. It's still it money. is. Okay, Starfleet are, should it be Starfleet is? Anyway, Starfleet is Ooh. or are the good guys. Mm-hmm. I would say most of the time they are. Mm-hmm. But naturally, there are some times when uh, they aren't. Yeah, uh, they're good guys compared to some of the other guys that are out there. Well, and to me, the most obvious non-good guy one is, um, and they leave it this way, which always kind of stunned me about the episode, is um, the one with the, um, oh, with your favorite. What's her name? Starts with an N, Nina? Oh, Nona. Nona. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the, they arm the other side, and yeah. they leave it that way. They don't fix the issue which i thought was the strongest statement they could make about vietnam yeah more than the episode and the fighting itself and everything was okay you know Mm -hmm. that's it we're out of here um they weren't the good guys there there were no good guys there Mm -hmm. and they certainly weren't the good guys in errand of mercy yes that that was very very clear they and the klingons were pretty much equal in the eyes of the Uh uh-huh and that was good that was appropriate yep yep so um, here's the one that we <laughs> can laugh at. <laughs> Star Trek is friendly to fan projects. Sure. Name me the fan project they're friendly to. <laughs> I, it, no. Nothing is coming to me on that no, either. No, not really. I mean, if you count ignoring things until they make money as friendly, uh-huh. is that really friendly? I don't think so. Yeah. Not really. Okay. Uh, Data's programming keeps him from taking life or lying. Now, I've seen all of TNG, but I never followed it closely. So I was not aware that there is any statement that this is true or not about 
what data can and cannot do as far as taking life or lying? Do you have? Yeah. Um, I don't think they've ever said that. He's got an ethical subroutine, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not sure that he ever says, I can't kill anyone or I can't lie. Um, the writer cites here an episode where um, through stuff that happens in the episode, Data actually has a reason to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and he it says it, he raises his gun to kill this guy and then is beamed away by the Enterprise. They notice his gun is firing at the moment that they beam him out and they ask him about it. And he, Data he kills pre- the transporter chief? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> um, Data proceeds to look them right in the eye and suggests that the transporter must have set it off. So it seems that huh. in that instance, he was about to kill someone and then he lied about it when he had to talk to them. And I think I've seen other episodes where he lied. Um, for various reasons, or or at least skirted the truth in the way uh-huh. that Vulcans sometimes do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, was an original idea. Mm. Um, and what they're pointing out is that is something that Roddenberry himself wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't spring, you know, from, from Bill originally. And I mm-hmm. think we knew that. Yeah. Next Gen was the first sequel series. They point out the animated series. So, yes, uh-huh. unless, you know. Troy was always an empath. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, and I don't really care. Do you want to say anything about it? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I can't even remember the original way that she was portrayed. Mm-hmm. It, it says here she was meant to have full telepathy. Um, and it says this is most clearly exhibited in uh, Encounter at Farpoint, where she both reads Riker's thoughts and projects thoughts into his mind. Later episodes reduced her to having empathic abilities for a few reasons, um, and the writer goes into it here. So uh, I guess I, I don't know. I would have to go back and rewatch those to see how she was originally portrayed. Right. But you know what's interesting about that is TOS, as was necessary, was always giving Spock new abilities. Mm-hmm. Here they went the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, they had to they had to take them away. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this Oh, this one. <laughs> this one. Khan couldn't know Chekhov. Obviously in the movie on their first meeting between the two, Khan and Chekhov, Khan recognizes him, remembers mm-hmm. him, and has been mm-hmm. pointed out by many, many fans. Uh Wrath of Khan is a first season episode, and Chekhov was not in first season. Mm-hmm. So his way of saying it, uh, blah, 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 he's saying, the second season episode, Cat's Pop, <coughs> stars Chekhov and takes place during a star date that is earlier than the one featured in Space Seed. Ooh. First of all, has anybody, this, this seems like something some really you know, really hardcore fan would do, which is put the episodes in order by star date. Yeah, but the star dates were just made up. I know. <laughs> and the rest of it was true. I know exactly what you're saying. But uh, yeah, they are made up. They have, you know, they just made numbers. The idea wasn't, uh-huh. it was sequential. But I'm just saying some really, you know, a hardcore fan who wanted to prove mm-hmm. something like this <laughs> would rewrite the timeline. Mm-hmm. To uh, to say, okay, so the real first episode is, you know, whatever. Yeah. Cat's paw. <laughs> sure. I, I think that people who say 
Chekhov was probably in the crew and he was an ensign and we just didn't see him. And maybe, mm-hmm. you know, Khan was a superhuman. So he saw all 435 people and he, he saw him and recognized him. That makes sense to me. Like, okay, I can, yeah. I can yeah. go with that, yeah. Okay. Seven of Nine was exploitative. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so, um... I think her outfit was exploitative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to, to get to come out of my mouth. Um, and he says, uh, she was actually a very positive female role model. Mm. Um, okay, big deal. <laughs> well, you know, it, it says that her character grows and changes, and I agree with that. Um, and she had an interesting relationship with Janeway, which was really mm-hmm. good. I wish that they had dressed her differently. Yes. That would have been better. Mm-hmm. Okay, Star Trek and the Federation embrace diversity. I would say they embraced it more than we do. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Well, you know, this is one of those things where it's, it's a TV show, right? So mm-hmm. it's like it's constrained by reality, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like when people are like, well, why do all the aliens have funny bumps on their heads? It's like, well, it was a TV show. That's why yeah. it was cheap. That's why they had to do it that way. So I think given the choice the writers would have included more non-humans or non-humanoids mm-hmm. anyway, but they just, they couldn't because it was a TV show. Well, and the, one thing he points out is both the Federation and Starfleet are centered on Earth, making mm. humanity the center of the universe for this huge collection of cultures and people. And that is very true. But mm-hmm. what I like about that is that is one of the Klingon complaints in um, mm-hmm. Star Trek Six. Yeah, in Six. Um, mm-hmm. Undiscovered Country. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good, you know. I mean, they did bring that reality to it, that they were, you know, we are so diverse and we welcome the aliens and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're a bunch of white guys, you know. Yeah. So I liked that. Yeah, I liked it that good. it was addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like this line here in, in the upper paragraph. Um, it's tough to go two episodes without Picard or another crew member talking about how great it is that the 24th century is free of the bigotry and racism that plays, plagued earlier times. Most viewers believe this, possibly because of the hypnotic quality of Patrick Stewart's voice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Speaking of Patrick Stewart. I love Patrick oh, Stewart. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Um now I'm I'm blanking on the other actor's name, but he's Stuart's best friend. Oh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Did you see the picture of Ian McKellen from the Women's March? I did. That was hilarious. I know. Yes. And the thing is, McKellen said he did not come up with this idea and you know get himself a, a sign and everything. He he saw it laying somewhere and he picked it up. <laughs> It's great. And just to tell people, it was um, a sign that merely had no words. It was just a. Um, giant screen cap of Picard doing a face palm yes from next generation and it's really good really really good and to see Ian McKellen holding it was was pretty delightful well and the thing is that face palm is such an internet meme mm-hmm. for I don't know at least a year or more it's like you oh, know some piece that, of news think, comes yeah. out and it's like all you have to do is post that picture and people know exactly what you think so you know whoever did make that that uh, sign very very cool but yeah for Ian McKellen to have, you know, just picked it up and walked around with it. It was, like, so funny. It was wonderful. Really wonderful. Um, so th- this was a really interesting list, and, mm-hmm. and um, I'm glad that it was good. I'm going to definitely have to um, click through some of these links to read a little more background, and I do want to find out what the heck episode they're talking about uh-huh. with Kirk being mind-probed, because I just can't remember what that is. No. 
Hmm? Weird. I don't know, man. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, but we have some exciting news, listeners. In, what is it, like all, less than three weeks, mm-hmm. we will be together. Yay. And so uh, we can do, I mean, all our episodes are live, but I mean, we can do one where <laughs> we're both just, you know, talking, talking. and, and In uh, the same room. In the yeah. same room. We will, well, we're we gonna... will be in the room where it happens. And we're going to watch that movie, right? The movie about the 10th level. Yes, yes. And I just happened to go through my to-watch list, and it's still there. It's not like it's okay. been taken off. Good. I am I am excited for that. Yes. That's going to be great. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be doing that and probably telling you how awesome Hamilton was, because uh-huh. that's uh, going to be great. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cool. So I think that'll do it for us. Okay. Um, you know, let's all just keep enjoying Star Trek and, and thinking about a, a wonderful future that's definitely going to happen. It will. Definitely. Where nobody has money. And that's yeah. definitely going to happen. <laughs> definitely going to happen. So, yeah, watch watch more Star Trek, everyone. Everybody, yes. And like I said, I will put on the Facebook page about the uh, the BBC running a marathon for us tomorrow yes that will be good and if they show an episode i really don't like like the damn space hippies or something i'll switch over to puppy bowl yeah that'll be good yeah um and and when i put this up i will definitely put those screen caps of um the the harry mud comic so you can see how uh, delightfully insane it looks to have (laughs) kirk dressed as harry mud please do Uh, so until next time send us your comments and and things follow us on facebook and and all that stuff and we love you listeners you're wonderful and keep living long and potlucking all right bye Bye -bye. (laughs) bye-bye